Thank you for listening to this message from Five Stones Church and Pastor Ryan Smith. For more information about Five Stones Church, visit us online at fivestonesga.com. Reach out and grab your Bibles. Turn to the book of Proverbs, please. I've been holding this word. I released it in Louisiana at a conference I spoke at. Wasn't quite sure God was going to give me clarity to speak it here, but turn with me to Proverbs 28. Proverbs 28. You hunt for Proverbs 28 and I'll find my glasses. Thankfully, y'all didn't leave. Proverbs 28. I asked God this morning. You need to hear me clearly because what I asked God for might affect you. I asked God for an apostolic authority today. Not a pastoral anointing, but an apostolic authority. You say, what's the difference? Most pastors preach. Some teach. But we're living in a day and an hour that I feel like there's a critical shift in the body of Christ. And it's going to require some apostolic authority to lead us past what is otherwise chaotic confusion in the body of Christ. And I believe God's going to release an anointing today to give me some of that authority so we can get our posture back. That's the word. we got to get our posture back. As a, as a believer, i got a right kind of posture, and I need to exemplify the posture. Okay, Proverbs 28. Proverbs 28. The wicked flee, verse 1. The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous, the blood-bought, the redeemed, those who serve the Lord, uh-huh, I got three in the room. The Bible says the righteous, the blood bought. I know what I used to be, but I've been broke free from the shackles of my shame. Yes, I was guilty. But I'm a new creature. Hallelujah. What I used to be, I'm no longer. So my posture is not of shame. You may want me to walk around with my head down, but honey, you didn't redeem me like he redeemed me. I came to a place where I couldn't live like I was living any longer, and he intervened by his grace and his mercy, and he brought me out of my ass heap of sin. You may not necessarily like me, but honey, he redeemed me none the same. And no one's opinion changes my righteousness. Oh, you didn't hear me. See, there ought to be a posture in your life that says, I know who redeemed me. And I'm not walking around with my head down. I'm not going to walk shackled in shambles or, or feeling like I'm a misfit. I've got a name that's written above and it's written and cannot be erased. How many know that'll put a little posture to you? Aren't you tired of church folk walking around? Well, I just don't know. 
The Bible said the righteous are as bold as a lion. How many understand the lion has a demeanor and a posture? See, some of you are still waiting. I guess that's why I got to share it here because there's an attitude about a lion. <laughs> Woo. Their approach to life is totally different. I wish your attitude and your approach to life was more like a lion. Because we're living in an hour that's going to demand the lion. Take your Bibles and turn with me to the 30th proverb. Stay with me because the reputation of a lion is a, a reputation of power and strength and fearlessness. That's what I want. Proverbs 30, verse 30, one verse of scripture and then we'll pray. A lion which is mighty among the beast. Look at the latter part of that verse. And does not turn away from any. The righteous, the blood-bought, should have a demeanor of a lion that is bold and refuses to retreat regardless of what is around. The days of you running away from your problems are over. The days of you being a coward are over. There's about to be an uprising of the lions in this house. You may not know the solution, but you're going to roar anyhow. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to receive your word. Thank you that it's not milk. Thank you that it's not bread. We're looking for meat. We're looking for something that will substantiate us through trials and tribulations and burdens and problems and principalities and powers. And I declare today, God, we're about to receive the uncompromisable word of God. And it's about to release a deposit in our spirit that changes us forevermore. So release your anointing. And I pray, Father, as I did earlier today, release an apostolic authority through my life today to speak to the reformationists that are in this room, the men and women that were called out from among the place that they were, that they might roar like lions with a bold declaration that says we're not running, we're not retreating. In fact, we are advancing with the plan and the intention and the destiny of Almighty God. So in that we ask and believe that there's an uprising in this place and in this people. In Jesus' name we pray. And somebody said amen. Come on, you can be seated if you can for just a moment. The Bible says the righteous are as bold as lions. What makes you righteous? It's not a trick question. It's a relationship that you have had with Jesus Christ that he has transformed you, moved for you from darkness to light. How many has ever quoted 1 John 4, 4? Yeah, that's right. Greater is he. How many ever quoted that? Greater is he who's in me than he who's 
in the world who is in you. Jesus Christ, the, the King of glory, dwells within you. So if greater is he who's in you, you have to understand who he is. Now, Revelation chapter 5 says, Jesus the Lord is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Joel 3.16 says that he's going to roar out of Zion with a voice. What I'm saying to you is you'll never understand the demeanor of a lion until you understand your identity in him. Does that make sense to you? Because if you never understand who Jesus is in you, you will still live insecure. You will question whether or not you're going to make it. Some of you came in this room today and said, I don't feel like I can make it. Well, might I remind you, he that dwelleth in you is a conquering lion. He that dwelleth in you is victorious, triumphant, and undefeated. He did not get elected to office. He is the office. I got news for you. There's nothing you're facing today that has caused him to become alarmed. Nothing. You ought to touch your neighbor and say nothing. Because some of them are thinking about some stuff in their life. Well, how's he going to work it out? I don't know, but he will. I don't know when, but he will. You don't understand. See, to me, there's a sense of urgency for the church to discover its identity. Who are you? I know my surname is Smith. I know my father gave me that name because his father gave it to him. But I'm not living on the reputation. I'm not living on the reputation of the surname of my father or my grandfather or my great-great-grandfather. I didn't come here today with that kind of authority because he doesn't have the ability to move devils and demons. But I got a word for you. I didn't come here based on flesh. I came here to roar like a lion for he who's on the inside of me is a lion who is bold and undefeated. Most of us fight our battles in the flesh. We war in the flesh and we wrestle in the flesh and we negotiate. Aren't you tired of negotiating with something that appears to be unmovable because it's not influenced by the authority of your flesh? The reason some of the stuff you're wrestling with today hasn't moved is because you've been speaking to it out of your own authority. Your authority has no ability to move anything out of your way. But when you drop that lion's name right in the middle of your situation and position yourself with boldness, you will roar prophetically over your problem. Ah, I hope you came for church today. <laughs> it's amazing to me how the enemy has silenced the identity of the believer. Silenced our identity. We're afraid to align ourselves as a child of God. I'm not ashamed of where I am nor where I came from. You may want to use my past to disqualify me. He said, my past is my sermon. 
You can disqualify me if you want. You can say I'm the least likely to succeed. But my past has become the precursor for my prophetic destiny. And where I came from has allowed me the opportunity to be where I am. And the boldness of a lion comes out of an identity in him. I hope you're ready. Because there's a rumbling in my spirit. Yeah, show Papa. There's a rumbling in my spirit. Because the church has, has set in this apathy. An indifferent spirit. Coasting on the coattails of a previous generation that prayed until God moved. That a generation that would preach this book as if it was the voice of God by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost and they wouldn't compromise it, they wouldn't lukewarm it down, they wouldn't make it pliable to your flesh, they would come confrontationally with an anointing. We're not bold anymore because we've lost our identity of the lion. We've lost the demeanor or the posture of a lion. I thought this thought. Can I take my time today? <laughs> if you're a guest today, I preach till I'm done. <laughs> I'm not on a timer. I'm, I'm just not in a hurry. In fact, I'm trying to starve some of your flesh out of the way. because you're so programmed to operate at warp speed because you have attention deficit disorders. Truth of the matter is, you're running from truth. You, okay, I'm going to say a thing. Y'all shouldn't ask God to help me have that apostolic authority because I'm going to say some stuff today your pastor wouldn't say. Well, that's probably not true. I know your pastor, that joker, wild. I, <laughs> Can I say what I really want to say? My concern is the church is backslidden. My concern is the church is backslidden. I didn't say you weren't attending church. I said the church has adopted a former version of ourselves because it's more politically acceptable than the version he's trying to create in me. See, I have an old version of me. Y'all understand? You have an old version of you. The day that you're no longer pursuing the new version God has for you, and you revert back to your old version, you have begun to backslide, and the roar of the lion becomes a meow. You once attended with faithfulness, now you don't attend. You once prayed with, with diligence and determination. Now you barely pray. You used to open the book as if it was God's counsel to you. Now you would rather find counsel in some other means. Because we seek another version that is less confrontational. Because our other version was full of carnality. The new version is full of kingdom. The roar is not in culture, it's in kingdom. Our boldness is not in our ingenuity or our intellect. It's in our anointing. 
our roar is not in being politically correct. It's being prophetically correct. You, our roar, our boldness is never in our performance. It's in our obedience. I'm going to have to find me somewhere to preach. Y'all listen or you just get, did I just, did you just hit a, a wave of sleepy-headedness? If your neighbor acts like they're dozing off, elbow them good. Because they probably need to hear what I'm about to say. Because, see, you, how, many, how many don't have a problem with pastor having an anointing apostolically? Okay, this group's okay. What about y'all? Okay then that means my job is to bring agitation. I have to be anointed to agitate. See, there used to be a time in my life where I had a large saltwater fish tank that separated my office from the conference room. And I'm not talking about one of them little ones you can get at Walmart. I'm talking about one of them Mac Daddy ones where you got to have somebody come in there where the fish that was in that tank... Ate better than most of us. They had a steady diet of, of shrimp and all. I mean, I mean, we had all this food that the guy would bring in, and it was in the refrigerator, not flakes. Well, some of you got a goldfish mindset. A few flakes, they'll be fine. If they die, we'll get a new one. But if you invest in something, So I would sit at my desk and watch these exotic fish swim. It was quite relaxing, actually. And it looked crystal clear until the gentleman would come through and agitate the water. Because when he agitated the water, the sediment that was hidden That you could not see until there was an anointing of agitation. Y'all don't understand where I'm headed. <laughs> Y'all like, no, 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 my tank is fine. Yes, it always looks fine until there's an apostolic authority released through the anointing of the Holy Ghost because it will begin to agitate the water and the stuff you got rid of that's still in your life. It resurfaces. Y'all won't change your mind now, I can tell. You're like, no thank you, no thank you. I don't want any agitation. I want everybody to think my tank is clean. Honey, we know your tank ain't clean because you lost your roar. Now I'm going to try to behave. Nah. That lasted about as long as I can handle it. Do you understand that if we don't have something in our spirit life to agitate us, we will conform to a default lifestyle or a posture or an attitude that is far less than biblical and we'll have good friends, but our friends will cause us to backslide. Because they have diminished the roar of the righteous. Somewhere we got to get back and
and say, Lord, I want my identity right to where I roar. Lions roar. So in my study of lions, I discovered that lions sleep 22 hours a day. (laughs) 22 hours a day, a lion will sleep. Most of us are asleep because of inactivity. It's my conviction, whether you believe it or not, that's your deal. It's my conviction that the church has been lulled into a slumber. Because you can go to church somewhere, sit on a padded pew or a padded chair, go through the rudiments of a Sunday morning gathering, and anywhere else, you'd be home by now. Because at best, the American church operates on about a 65-minute calendar of time with God. Because we have discovered that you don't want to spend any more time in church than you have to. So we have modified our churches in order to pacify your sleepiness. Because we want you to attend, we just don't care whether you roar. We want you to attend. We don't really care about the roar or the posture of your life. We just want you to come, put your good hard-earned money in a bucket so we can continue to carry on the pageantry of Christianity without a roar. Unfortunately, God did not call us from the church of pageantry. In fact, it's my conviction the church has been asleep since about the Second Reformation. We've lost boldness. We've lost conviction. We've lost our confidence. We're afraid to say anything because of the fear of the repercussion of those who would not agree with our biblical position. So we've lost the voice because we've chose to slumber in a sleep. If lions sleep 22 hours a day, there has to be something that would awaken them. The same thing that awakens a lion is the same thing that will awaken you. And it's the desperation for hunger. Lions will force themselves out of apathy or indifference or sleepyheadedness because they get hungry. Because it requires a solid, substantial diet to keep them roaring. Can I tell you what will fix us? What will bring back the boldness and the identity and the posture of a lion? An appetite. Where we show up and say, I don't want to diet. I don't want to live on a, on a restricted uh, intake. I want all that he has. I'm desperate for more. I want somebody that says, Pastor, I want you to preach this thing till I can't ch- Till I can't chew it no more. I want you to put so much in my spirit that I am bolder than I've ever been and I roar when I should be quiet to others. See, 
You remember Samson? That's the 21st century church. We have laid our head. Can you be my Delilah? I ain't comfortable laying my head in nobody else's lap. See, Samson was anointed. He was bold. Are you, are you here? Samson was a bold voice. He was a Nazarite. He was a trendsetter. He was a different breed. But the enemy always knew that because of the weaknesses in Samson's life that he would eventually lay his head in the lap of Delilah. And Delilah would tell him how wonderful I don't have locks. (laughs) She said, all you have is a sweaty head. I'm working, darling. Twelve air conditioner units in this building, and I sweat like I'm back over in that warehouse. See, what happens to us is it's easy to get comfortable. It's easy to say, you know what, if I need to stir myself, I always can. If the finances run out, I'll just stir myself. If, if, if I face an impossibility, I'll just stir myself again. My concern is we've been laying our head in Delilah's lap for so long. We don't even recognize we lost the roar. Because when the doctor says something to you that's contrary to Bible, and you fall into a hissy full of perplexing thoughts of fear and death, then you've had your head in Delilah's lap way too long because you've lost your roar. Because if a doctor would so much as even suggest to you that there is something pending against you, you ought to square your shoulders and say the lion of the tribe of Judah dwells in me and he is a victorious conquering king who took care of my sickness. You may diagnose it, but he already healed it. You may say I have it and I declare I'm getting rid of it. Somewhere we've got to have a hunger. How hungry are you for something that will shift your spirit, change your attitude, realign your thoughts, and put you into a posture of total obedience to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Well, Pastor, I'm just trying to survive. I'm trying to roar. You can survive if you want, but I'm trying to run devils and demons and powers and subject spirits out of this region. And you don't move hell with cute sermons. Hell is in most of our churches. You shouldn't ask me. My God, help me. We're asleep. Because we've lost hunger. 
Well, Pastor, if you preached a little quicker, we'd have a larger crowd. I'm not interested in the crowd. I'm looking for a roar. I'm not looking for an audience. I'm looking for a roar. I'm not looking to pacify your flesh. You're already happy with your flesh. I'm trying to find your spirit and get a hold of something that'll move you into a dimension of anointing you've never walked in in your life. I want your, hey, you want to tell somebody he's coming after my spirit. Oh, touch your neighbor. Hey, I'm coming. I want your spirit man hungry. Get you out of your sleepy place. Hunger is what makes you bold. We ain't got no desperate people in America. We're not desperate anymore. We ain't desperate. Most of you can bankroll your own problem. I'm going to say it because I'm just that agitated right now. You can't only bankroll it. You will, you will do this. You will cover it up because you got enough money to cover it up. Some of you sleeping with Delilah right now and won't even tell yourself you're backslid. I said it. Sleeping with Delilah and you know right now you're uncomfortable. Why? Because I called it out. You can't sleep with Delilah and roar like a bold, bold, righteous representative of kingdom living. You say, well, pastor, what am I supposed to do about it? Wake up. Your cat naps must cease. You can't sleep with the enemy and be anointed. You can't run like the world and roar like a kingdom. You can't think like your peers and represent kingdom roars. I feel like I'm swimming upstream. I feel like I'm swimming upstream and y'all like, look, I hope he drowns because if he drowns, he'll shut up. Where's the cry? Where's the cry that I want a new version of me? Where's the cry that said, I don't want to think like I thought yesterday. I want a new version of me. Oh, where's the cry that said, Lord, I'm hungry. I don't want to sleep in indifference. I don't want to go to the first church of apathy. I want somebody to speak to me that wakes me up. Because I can't roar if I'm asleep. Church been asleep long enough. Most of you have been to the church that sleeps. Where's the roar? If the lion isn't hungry, he don't, he don't move out of his, his, his place of sleep. I wonder what it's going to take to make us hungry. What makes us hungry for righteousness? Wait a minute. Can I break that down for you? Because I can tell you're stumbling over that. Righteousness is called right living. You, you mean we got to live right? 
It's his precept in his book, not mine. I struggle to live right. Okay, y'all don't want to talk about that. There's times I feel Delilah going, it's all right, just settle down. You'd have a lot more people in your church if you just settle down. Shut up, Delilah, I'm trying to preach. Yeah, but, you know, if you would be a little more, you know, couth and, 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 and act a little more like pastors act, you'd, shut up, Delilah. There's a war going on right here on the platform. Because Delilah says, it's all right, just settle down. Don't worry about it. They, they'll be happy. They, they, they might just have some problems, but it'll be okay. And then on the other side, there's this anointing on the inside of me saying, get them away, get them away, get them away, get them away. See, I'm in conflict. I, I, I'm in a quandary because Delilah over here saying, just let them sleep. It's all right. I'm going to steal the anointing. They can still go to church. But there'll be no anointing. You can go to church and have no anointing. The anointing is that yoke-destroying power of his presence. See, I'm wrestling even now because some of you are, are wishing that this service was over because you're backslidden. You've been asleep so long, you don't even feel conviction. Good thing your pastor didn't show up. He'll be here next week. I ask God for this, and then I say things, and in my head I'm going, you shouldn't say stuff like that. Huh? I'm already standing here right now, and my mind goes, you know what? You probably ought not have said that. I think I'll just roar and let you deal with the rest, okay? Because, see, if we don't have a demeanor of a lion that is waking out of its slumber in order to hunt, if there's no desperation within us, we will live in indifference. If nobody gets up on the inside of your spirit and calls you to greater things, you'll continue to live with less than. If nobody tells you you can live higher or better than you've ever lived, you'll continue to live in your poverty and your dysfunction. I'm telling you right here, right now, this Sunday morning, if you're living like you're living and it is not kingdom best, then I'm calling you up out of your slumber, waking yourself, get a hunger for better, and make up your mind, I'm about to become the best version of me I've ever been. Yes, sir. You didn't like me yesterday. That's all right. I'm getting better tomorrow. Huh? Made up my mind I'm hungry for more. If I make you uncomfortable, it's probably because I got up out of my sleep and you're still sleeping. Nothing worse than somebody being awake, waking everybody else up. You ever been in the house when, when they got up and you want to sleep in? And they walk across the floor like they mad at the floor. And then they go in the kitchen like they drop every pot and every pan in the house. Don't it make you mad when somebody wakes you up? Your response is, I'm trying to sleep. Huh? Just look at it like this. I'm stomping around the living room of your house. I'm in your kitchen, banging on pots and pans, trying to get you to wake up out of your slumber because God needs your roar. 
Wake up! Stop living like you lived yesterday. Make up your mind today. I'm going to live better. I'm going to live righteous. Did I say I was going to fail? Not making, uh, giving myself permission to fail. I just know there's some days I just don't get it right. And I'm going to be a better version of me because I choose to roar. And the world needs my voice. Pastor, you don't need to go to Uganda. Just stay here and preach to us. You just stay here and preach to us. We'll be fat and sassy. What if he's trying to get a roar? Because we're not just a part of a little assembly. We're a part of the big assembly. What if he's trying to get a roar in Uganda? What if he's trying to waken them up out of a slumber and I'm the one to go in the kitchen and bang on the pots and pans? Well, you're not dignified to go around the world. Hey, listen, all he needs me to do is make a noise. Second thing you need to understand about the, the lion is, one, he will sleep until a hunger stirs him. Once a hunger stirs him, he will position himself to hunt. thing you need to understand about lions is lions see six times better in dark than humanity. Lions see six times better in the dark than humanity. The reason they can see six times better in darkness than humanity, than humans can in dark, is when God created them, he created them with white up underneath their eyes that would reflect the light at night So the light of the moon, the light of the stars would reflect off the white patch up underneath the lion's eyes so that he can see what he would not otherwise be able to see. The nature of a lion is he awakens himself, yes. But in order to do what he's required to do, he's got to be able to do it when others would not do it because he has to be able to do it when others can't see. See, for me to be bold, I've got to be able to see when everybody else is in darkness. I've got to be able to see vision when everybody else is in darkness. I've got to be able to see beyond dark things. If you can't see in the dark, you'll never be able to obey in light. If you can't see this in the darkness of where you're at, you'll never be able to believe it in the light. See, part of this vision of this house God gave me uh, uh, eight years ago was, was given in dark. You've got to be able to see it in the dark place in order to believe for it when it becomes daylight. Now, here's the thing about the white patch. White is always symbolic of purity. White is symbolic of purity. Blue is the color of royalty. You understand? Colors mean something. White, why does a bride wear a white dress? Right? She wears a white dress. She don't wear black. Right? She wears white. Why? To signify what? Purity. So God put a white patch under the eye of, of the lion, significant of what? Purity. But it's the light that reflects off purity that enables him to see. 
You want to know why some of you can't see? And the reason you're not bold and the reason you're not roaring like a lion is because purity is lacking in your behalf. Because when you lack purity, the light of his glory can't reflect off of what's not white. You can't roar with boldness if you don't have purity. Purity allows you to see what he wants you to see. See, boldness to me is when I know I'm in right standing with Almighty God. There's no guilt. There's no shame. There's no condemnation. I'm just right where I need to be with God. I know I'm not perfect, but I feel a whole lot better because there's no guilt on me. I didn't do nothing stupid yesterday. Is that too plain? I did not indulge in sinful activities yesterday. Or last night. Or this morning. Or in the last 20 minutes. You're sitting in church, God forbid. But you can still think. I'm not saying you're sitting there surfing porn on your phone. But in your mind, you're thinking about the one on Facebook that liked your post. And you're thinking in your mind what it might be like. Maybe I'll just talk to them a little bit. Maybe I'll just send them a DM and let them know how they're doing. Oh, that got real personal, didn't it? No wonder there's no roar. Pastor, that's my personal life. Yeah, and if your personal life is not white, it cannot reflect his light. And you got to understand something. You can't roar when you're living in an old version. You've got to live in your new identity because if you don't live in the new born again identity, you'll act like the old you. And the old you wants to hook up. The old you wants to act up. Oh, pastor, that wasn't me. You got a good, co- good dose of denial, too. I don't have any problems. I don't struggle at all. I don't even know who you're speaking to. Yeah. That's why the Bible said I have an issue with lust, because I have eyes. Nobody has the issue with pride of life. No, no. Nobody has an issue with the pride of life. I'm doing just fine. No roar. Because Satan has seduced us into compromise. Holiness is a tough life to live. I've faced things in the last couple of weeks, and I know some of you have too because I've heard from you. And you're like, what in the world? It seems like hell has unleashed all kinds of stuff that I shouldn't even be dealing with. Where did that come from? New level, new devil. When you've been awakened out of your slumber 
and you're beginning to come out of your den of habitation and you're beginning to move forward with God, you've got to understand the enemy wants to diminish the purity of your life because he can diminish you with shame or guilt or condemnation because one mistake, one decision. And then when they go, see, there's no roar in you. You messed up. You messed up. How many of you found out the enemy is like the three-year-old? When the brother takes something away. Mommy, he took it. Satan's a tattletale. The Bible calls him the accuser. Are you here? That's why you got to be quick to repent. Say, what do you mean quick to repent? When you think it, get a hold of it, and repent of it. Because what you don't take accountability over will produce something. Your thought will produce a behavior. Did you hear me? The reason we've lost our roar is because we can't see because we've been in the dark so long and lived without purity for so long that the white under our eyes doesn't reflect his light. I want to roar. But I can't roar as a bold representative kingdom living until I put purity back in my life. See, nobody wants purity. The old church used to preach holiness. Anybody, I got any old saints in here? I mean, they would preach holiness like you felt like the floor was about to open up and swallow you. Huh? They, listen, I almost preached on hell today. You ought to be thankful we're preaching what we're preaching. The altars would be open, everybody would be repenting. Because nobody wants to run the risk of going to hell when you understand the connotation of what hell really is. Oh, but I'm living in hell now. Oh, no, honey, you don't, no, no, no. You ain't living in no hell. You got some problems, but they don't last for eternity. Good thing I didn't preach that, right? See, a lion has to be awakened by hunger. It has to be able to see. You can't be bold until you can see. You've got to be able to see. Thirdly, a lion understands the value of community. Because lions have strength in numbers. Does that make sense? They call it a pride. We call it a we call it the tribe, but lions live in a pride, which is made up of anywhere from up to like 40 lions. Why? Because you don't have to be the fastest when you got 40. Huh? Do you don't understand the value of being in this tribe? You ain't got to be the fastest, but if you in this tribe, you ain't going hungry. Why? Because there's strength in the numbers, and the reality is we all going to eat well if we work together. See, lions work together. Church folk don't like getting along with nobody. I'm an independent. God never designed you to be an independent. God never designed you to operate on an island all by yourself. I know you want to be Gilligan, but stop. I 
I can't get along with nobody. Well, that's a you problem. I don't like people. That's a you problem. I'll just stay to myself. Everybody hurts my feelings. Honey, your feelings were hurt and wadded up before you ever started meeting people. And it's all because of your own identity. Because you're not comfortable with you. You don't love you. You can't love her if you don't love yourself. So in this pride, in this tribe, in this community, in this gathering, in this assembly, whatever you want to call it, we'll roar together a lot better than we'll ever roar independently. Because independently, we are too subject to attacks from areas that we cannot see. Where am I at? What, what am I? How many have I given you? Okay, I'll give you four then. So they value community, which you've got to value community because your roar is going to be substantiated or strengthened together. Have you ever noticed that if you can get a group of people shouting? Huh? You ever notice that if we can get a group of people roaring in praise, even those of you that are timid and shy and quiet, You'll even let out a hallelujah. We'll even get you to tap a toe. You got a bunch of people leaping up and down. You're like, you know what? They ain't no, they okay. Right? You ever notice that? You ever notice that? You ever notice that? You ever notice that if you can get a group of people around you roaring and believing and speaking and trusting and have that kind of confidence, you'll just kind of slide in and go, you know what? I've been down and how long enough? I've been busted and disgusted long enough. These folk got a hold of something. Don't know what they got a hold of. Don't know what Kool-Aid they're drinking. But I need to get me some of that because I want to be bold. Some of you think we've been drinking the Kool-Aid. I've been drinking the Holy Ghost, and it's a wine that's sweeter than anything this world can give me. Ah, you don't understand where I'm at. I'm in a pride. I'm pride. I'm in the pride. I'm in the tribe. I'm better because of you. This church is better because you're in it. You can go to church anywhere and still not belong to something. Hmm? You can go to church anywhere and still not belong. You can attend at Five Stones, and some of you have been here long enough, and you still haven't found out that you're a part of something that's greater than what you've been a part of in your life. You're still walking around waiting for somebody to hurt your feelings. I'm just waiting for them to criticize. I'm waiting for the backbite. I'm waiting for the gossip. Just because that's where you came from doesn't mean who we are. Don't you judge me based on the other dysfunctional place you came from. I don't mean to be hateful. I'm just going to be honest. In this tribe. There's no judgment here. I'm just here to get up in your spirit. If your flesh is uncomfortable, that's fine. I want your spirit man to roar and be alive like you're bold. All right, number four. Have mercy. How many have I given you? What are they? A lion has to, see, y'all going to, mm mm-hmm. Listen, if he says the righteous are as bold as a lion, should we not learn something about a lion? 
If lions don't retreat when they're in conflict, should we not learn that? What is the demeanor of a lion? They awake out of a sleep because they can't stay asleep and, and sustain them, themselves. You can't sleep and eat at the same time. I'm trying. You've got to be a part of something that brings you to the place where you have purity in your life so you can see. Because you've got to be able to see when nobody else can see. And you've got to be a part of something that when you're down helps you get up. I mean, who's going to encourage you if you can't encourage yourself? Who's going to send you a text message and say, come on, Brian, let's go? Ask me how many pastors I text this morning. Thank you for asking. How many did I text this morning? You say, why did you test, test, uh, send text messages to 10 pastors? Who's going to tell them they be- that somebody believes in them? Who's going to tell them, go preach the gospel? Who's going to tell them that hell doesn't win? Who's going to tell them? Listen, you think pastors have always got it together. I have come to understand somebody better cheer for them. Somebody better celebrate them. Somebody better tell them what they do makes a difference. So I spent this morning texting 10 of them. You say, well, what will they respond? Doesn't matter. I'm not looking for the response from them. I'm trying to release something to them so that they'll go to their pulpits around the country and roar. Because I'm in their tribe. I think I can. I think I can. Okay, that's a nursery rhyme. Who's in your life telling you you can't? Who's in your tribe telling you you're healed? Who's in your tribe telling you you're an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb? Come on, don't give up today. Come on, I know you want to sleep. I know you want to lay in Delilah's lap, but come on, we're going to keep doing Who's in your tribe? You need people in your tribe that won't leave you alone. You need people in your tribe who can speak authentically to you, and if you're acting jacked up, they tell you you're acting jacked up. You need somebody in your life to tell you you're acting backslid. Well, they'll get hurt at me. We in the tribe. Okay, y'all getting feisty. What am I at? Four, five, three, two, one. Y'all don't even know. I've given you too much you can't keep up with. We ready for number four. Okay. A lion's tongue. This was interesting to me. A lion's tongue is made of a consistency like none other. A lion's tongue is so coarse that if you was to go to the zoo, I would not advise this, but if you was to go to the zoo and extend your hand into the lion cage, within three licks of a lion's tongue on your hand, he would pull three layers of flesh off of you. Because his tongue is so coarse. Why is that? Because God created the tongue of a lion to be so coarse that when he caught his prey, he could lick and rip the fur and the flesh off so he could get to the meat. So if I'm to have the demeanor of a lion, I'm awakened from my slumber because of hunger. (laughs) 
I'm able to see what others cannot see because my boldness is based on who I know is allowing me to see. My boldness is because I'm a part of a tribe, a group of a community that makes me bold. But I'm also bold because my tongue has the ability to pull all the junk off of the things in my life because my tongue is a ready writer of my future. And if I want meat in my life, I've got to control my tongue. You can't say one thing that's out of alignment with Scripture and expect heaven to move in your behalf. Because if you don't respect your tongue, you'll never be bold. Power of life and is in the uh huh. Power of life and death is in the tongue. James said, "My tongue can start a fire." James said, my tongue is like a rudder on a ship. The ship is huge, but it's a little rudder that turns it. What is that saying? I can't be bold like a lion till I get a hold of my tongue and control what I say. You can't be bold and curse God at the same time. You can't be bold in faith and speak in doubt at the same time. The Bible said bitter water and sweet water can't flow out of the same well. Come on now. you got to get a hold of your tongue. Okay, y'all don't want to talk. Y'all don't want to talk. Pastor, I just got to let my feelings out. Really? You know, I just, I'm just a talker. I've just got to let my feeling. i got to get it out, Pastor. i got to talk about it. Some of the stuff you're putting in motion, you're sowing seeds toward a harvest you're going to have to rebuke later. Mm-hmm. I don't know where that harvest came from. Well, honey, you're the one that sowed the seed to it. You get what you say. Well, if the Bible says, whosoever saith unto that mountain, be thou removed, doubt not in his heart, but believe he can have whatsoever he saith. There's power in your tongue. You can go to the book of Genesis and find out when God wanted to do anything, he spoke it. Do you understand that when God spoke things into existence, it obeyed? The Bible says the Spirit hovered over the waters in Genesis 2. Hovered over the waters, waiting for what? A decree or demand, a voice from God. You set your course by your tongue. I'm an overcomer, as opposed to saying what? I'm defeated. I'm no good. I'm not got any value. Nobody loves me. Nobody cares about me. You draw to your life what you say. You walk around saying you're ugly, you look in the mirror and say, I'm ugly. You done draw that to you. You drawed ugly to you. What? You mean I can draw ugly to me? Yeah, look at how you behave. You set that in motion. No, it was my circumstances. No, it's allowing the circumstances to speak through you that creates ugly in your behalf. Lions roar because they can control their tongue. Just because you think it doesn't mean you have the authority to say it. Some things don't need to be articulated. 
Because all you're doing is drawing adversarial spirits to you. You can think it and you can communicate to God about it, but you ought not draw it to you. Don't have to like me, I love me. I'm of sound mind. I'm of sound mind. My thoughts have been renewed and I will speak accordingly. I will cast down evil imaginations. Everything that comes into my mind does not have to have a voice in my life. I will squash, nullify, and remove, remove them from my thoughts immediately. Because I, I can't, because if I think it, I'll say it. Come on, if you want to keep your roar, control your tongue. Now let's talk about the roar. Number five. I gotta go. I gotta go. I don't know if y'all glad you came to church here or not. I'm just walking this out right here. A lion's roar. Proverbs says the righteous are as bold as lions. How many has ever heard a lion roar? A lion's roar is at about 115 decibels. You say it's loud in here with the music. We're about 94 decibels, right? Give or take, Dennis, we about 94 decibels. And you're like, that's loud. Right? You're like, well, that's kind of loud, Pastor. But yet a lion will roar at 115 decibels. And Satan is called a roaring, seeking whom he may devour. So if Satan is trying to emulate a roaring lion, what decibel do you, pray tell, think possibly he might be roaring at? I wish I had a preacher. Huh? If the adversary wants to be a roaring lion because he knows who the real lion is, and he's always been under the in influence of the pride that says, I want to be like or greater than, so he wants to emulate a lion to roar to intimidate you and he will do it at a decibel that's louder than your praise. Ah! You have moderated your praise to a decibel according to man but yet the lion is roaring louder and diminishing your praise because your praise moves him out of the way. We have fought in the church over music, over style, over song selections, over instruments, over all the other things. And then we fight. It's too contemporary. It's too loud. It's too whatever. And Satan is roaring at decibels louder than the church because the church is fighting over a personal preference and they've not got into the kingdom. I don't listen to me closely. I don't care about lights. I don't even know how they work nor how to turn them on. Doesn't matter to me. I don't care about any of it. I want to know if the presence... 
Oh, I just want to know if the presence of the Most High God will find a resting place in this environment to where He can move by His Spirit and power. I don't care if the lights are red, yellow, black, or white. Doesn't matter to me if it's an old sacred hymn or the newest song out. I want to know where is the presence of a living God so I can worship Him at a greater decibel than the lion that roars against me because sometimes the only way you can shut down the lie of an adversary and the roar of a lion that seeks to devour is you got to get your praise right you say well we just sing a few songs so you can preach do you realize that if Adam and Eve had not sinned there would have been no need for preaching. But they would have still been required to worship God. I said that a week ago or two weeks ago or three weeks ago and y'all still ain't got it. Had Adam and Eve not sinned, there would have been no need to preach the gospel, no need for Jesus Christ to be a crucified lamb. But worship would have still been required. Worship is required. Worship is required. Worship is not a suggestion. Worship is not something that you do on a Sunday morning for four songs. Worship is what you do when you get up in the morning and said the sun woke up the earth. Blessed be the Lamb of God who forgives me of my sin. Your roar is in your worship. Your roar is when you make the king of glory greater than your problem. Come on, stand with me across this room if you can. That means I ought to quit. I'm going to set a few things straight right here. I'm going to set a few things, can I? When a lion roars, it's decibel. It's so loud. Oh, thank you, Lord. (laughs) His decibel is so loud that you can hear it up to five miles away. And a lion's roar has various meanings. (laughs) It can be a, a roar of warning that somebody is about to wander in to the land of the tribe. I wish I had somebody that had spiritual ears to hear and wasn't looking at this so naturally. Just because I ask you to stand doesn't mean you're dismissed. Just because I ask you to stand doesn't mean we're about to go home. Doesn't mean you disengage your thought or your spirit. Listen to me. Stay with me. Because you've got to understand that when a lion roars, he may be lying, he may be releasing a roar to send a notice to an enemy. You have trespassed. <laughs> you just wandered into the five stones tribe. You are in our territory. Now, you may be five miles away, but we're going to stop you before you get any closer because you're not touching our children. You're not touching our grandchildren. You're going to have to stop five miles out because I sense you were coming, and I'm going to release a roar of warning against you. 
Thank you for listening to this message from Five Stones Church. For more information, current events, and the latest news, connect with us online at fivestonesga.com or on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Five Stones GA. We would love for you to be a part of a service here live. Join us every Sunday at 11 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. right here at 1358 Sixes Road in Canton, Georgia. Thank you again for partnering with us as we empower people and invade the culture 